It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy and it's a very different setting than it was a few weeks ago. It's a calm, cold evening here at the sports ground. Good conditions for a contest that just hasn't gone Connacht's way. Final score, Munster 16, Connacht 10. To be honest, beforehand, I may well have taken that, William, because this was a very strong Munster. And I think we thought, hmm, Connacht can get winning score, maybe, just maybe. But it didn't play out anything like we could have imagined. A dire battle for long periods and a finish possibly even more exciting than last week. Welcome along. Yes, Rob, I have to say that, well, for 73 minutes, it was Connacht versus Munster at Christmas New Year at the sports ground ad nauseum. We've seen it so often. Um, Everyone comes along for a big night and then they're kind of strolling out with about five minutes ago going, no, it wasn't great, was it? Yep, and you go down to... Chronic fans are, Munster fans are going out going, hee hee. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. You go down to uh, Murty's or other establishments and you uh, have a few hot whiskeys and... Oh, stop, stop, you're, you're, you're making us all feel sad. And, uh, Sadder than the scoreline. And yeah, it, 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 it was so typical. I said it in commentary. I said, this is just exactly... If you sat down and plotted out the game, it became a, a game of metres, We'll win a few metres and then we'll stop and then they'll get a few metres and then we'll get a line out and we'll move it here and we'll do that and we have another mi- and another minute's gone and another five metres have been gained. It's war of attrition. Ooh. Alan, I'm going to give this to you. I think for a Munster Connacht, the next time there's a Munster Connacht game, we're going to match the cheers from Munster. You're just going to mark them down every time they give a big roar and every time Bundyaki gives a big roar if he's not playing. And, and we'll see who won the game in cheers because that game was just a game of instance. Like JJ Hanron's knock-on after Tom Daly ran 25 metres to scare the big Jesus out of him. You know, those kind of moments. And Munster had multiple. CJ Sander standing over a rock, yeah. unbudgeable, winning a penalty. That was like one of each. And Munster just came out maybe, I would say, 10-7 on big moments and that's why they won the game well there seemed to be a lot more of them it was Bundy on his own and he did nearly break a sign on the side of the pitch here at one stage his hand nearly came through it you could see it I actually woke up a few of the Munster subs then who were roaring back at him at the next four instances they were they were um, they were looking pretty desolate sunk in their chairs absolutely thought they were gone because as far as they're concerned and especially from their perspective 99 times out of 100 if they're in that situation and I mean that 99 times out of 100 they make that count they do. Uh, Connacht had a chance to win the game in the end and playing against 13 men decided they were going to try and bash over when really all you have to do is go wide, recycle, go wide, recycle and by the time you've done it the second time they've run out of players. It's, it's, look, rugby's a simple game when you get into that situation. You get the ball, you draw a man, you pass it. When they're two men down, it means you're going to win the game. But you have to have... You have to do it. You can't just try and bash up front. I don't understand Connacht's thinking. Okay, so we're just going to quickly get some thoughts from Connacht uh, before that, a little bit of a snippet of some of the in-match. Not too much this week. I think you'll understand, folks. It's not one you'll be wearing out the VCR on. Oh, God, there's probably people under the age of 30 going, what's he talking about? But anyways, uh, yeah, you won't be re-watching that one too many times. It's still Munster ball underneath the post looking for the try they're very nearly over Frank Murphy doesn't feel it's even worth having a look just yet he has another advantage coming uh, Munster's way Malconnacht will concede the try and they'll get a talking to as well try for Munster Penalty for Connacht scored by number 10 Jack Carty the half time score is Connacht 3 Munster 10 That is the sound of the players leaving the pitch. This is an interpro. This is just... I don't think I'll ever quite get used to it, in all honesty. It's been very, very tough out there. Connacht have a chance now. 
Oh, Kieran Marmion's done his old-fashioned show and go there. That's what he brings to the game. That was good. He's gained 12 metres. That's the first gain in, inside the 22 of that kind of stature for some time for Connacht. Now they're within two metres. My word, are Connacht about to do the unthinkable and score a try against this monster defence? Surely not. Remember, they have the extra man as well. Comes out underneath the post. Hands will do it. Daly, they just need to straighten it out. Another two passes might do. One more pass will do it. They're in for the try. Connacht have scored in the corner. Marmion is trapped in around the fringe. He's trying to present the ball. Munster feel like they've turned it over. Munster have won the game. They've won the game. They've got the turnover. Unbelievable. I don't know how they've done it. Connacht had two extra men and they have not found a way through. All right, Andy, uh, to start with you, uh, we're still trying to make sense of that game here. So I, I don't even know how I can ask you to make sense of that finish because it was frantic stuff. But to simplify it, two extra men, you probably should have won it at the end. Yeah, we should have, Rob. Like you, you get a five-minute scrum, uh, fifteen men against thirteen men uh, at the end of you know eighty-two minutes of football, and the one that you did is probably the one thing you didn't want to do. So that's uh, very frustrating, mate, to to have worked that hard and to have had that that fight right up to the death when you you then should take it, but we didn't. So. We got a very disappointed yeah. Would you accept that it would have been kind of a steal at the end, or do you think you had kind of nearly earned the right to win that game at that point? Yeah, it's it's eighty minutes, isn't it? That you got to play the whole eighty minutes. I would have said with about twenty minutes to go, you know, it's sixteen three. Geez, if we can get a point here, we're going to be doing well. You know, of course, I just said to the players in there, probably from about twentieth minute onwards, it, uh, it it looked like we started to actually believe that we could win this game of football, and we actually started to trust all the things that we said we wanted to do. You know, we'll have a crack at the two or three phases. Don, we'll turn them, put them in the corner, trust our set piece, make it hard for them to get out. And we started to do that. We didn't do it for the previous 60 minutes, which was really frustrating. It was eight visits to the 22, Andy, without a score from any of them. And I guess that's kind of what you're getting at too, just maybe going down the same road with a lot of those attacks and Munster were really, really aware and good in defence and stopping Connick time and time again. Yeah, we weren't clinical enough there. But in the first half, Rob, when you, you go back and you have a look at it, we, we had Blake's come off the page. And and again, it just it hurts you, mate. You, you, know, you can't play as an individual against a, a team like Munster. You've got to stick the system. You've got to trust the system, which is what we did last week, and it worked so well for us. But for whatever reason, um, we didn't seem to do that tonight. So, uh, But I'll go back to the, the last, the, my previous point, though. You know, this team fights. They fight bloody hard. And, and to stay in that fight and to get so close and then not finish it, um, yeah, that's the thing that, that really breaks you. Andy, it's an awful easy thing to go and complain about the man in the middle, but that early yellow card had us scratching our heads. So I have to ask you, do you feel it was too soon to be given a yellow card to Shane Delahunt at that point? Oh, I've never seen a yellow card um, 25 metres out, cynical, off something like that. But... Uh, yeah, there's a first for everything in there. Yeah, and would you feel maybe Munster could have been due a yellow card a bit sooner in terms of what they got it for, which was obviously not rolling away in the tackle? On a number well, the, of the only thing we asked at the front end of the game, just said, can you please make sure that the tackler rolls away? So at 70, whatever it minutes was, that we get the first yellow card. Yeah, I, again, I'll have to go back and watch it, Rob, but, but yeah. uh, I know talking to our captain, Quinn, there tonight, he found that frustrating out there too. I suppose overall, and I, I mean, you'll have time to talk about this again, but there's a postponement uh, on the horizon with Europe. And I just wanted to put a kind of a, a big picture on these three interprovincials. It's been a real mixed bag, Andy. I don't think I, I've watched a lot of interprovincial series over Christmas. I've never remembered anything like this where you've had ups and downs like Connick have had. 
how would you kind of summarize it? Uh, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, isn't it? So, yeah, the, the good was obviously Leinster at the RDS. I thought that was probably our best performance that I've seen from a from a Connacht side since I've been here. Um, the the ugly was probably um, tonight. It was it was just scrappy. It was you know it was unpleasant, and then the bad. And I don't want to say bad because it, it, it takes away from what I thought was a, a really energetic and and um, you know a, a hard working Ulster side. But but our second half there was bad that that game. So it's probably the easiest way to summarise it. Made it has been a mixed bag, as you say. Um, and yet again, you know, it's another home loss for us, which which is probably the bit that frustrates me the most. This is meant to be our fortress. You know, we're, we're winning more games away from home than we are at home at the minute, which is which is not pleasing. Quinn, uh, just I mean, it's tough to talk after a game from your perspective, but we noticed retaining possession, kind of kept the ball in hand, but they were losing yards through the phases. Munster's defence was very, very intense. Uh, maybe speak to that and how hard it was to get around them. Yeah. Um, we, we expected that. We knew they were going to be a good defensive side. We knew it was going to be tough. Um, I thought last week when we came up that with, with something like that, we kind of played in the right areas. Maybe we didn't do that a lot tonight, but um, I thought we did it a bit better in the second half. But yeah, it's just it was a bit frustrating. Um, and yeah, we just didn't do that extra one or two percent to get us over over the line to get us the win. That's that's it's heartbreaking tonight. Yeah, that's the cruel thing about rugby because we could see the amount of effort and work rate you were putting in. You had multiple moments in the game where it looked like momentum had changed and turned your way, where you got a big turnover. I remember a Tom Daly tackle on JJ Hanneran that forced the knock on, seemed to lift you, but then obviously another turnover from your, your own perspective followed. How frustrating was that, that just when you were just getting into the game, a mistake followed? Yeah, um, that happens, I think. Uh, it's just when we have those opportunities... We need to take them uh, instead of turning the ball over and giving giving monster easy access or easy outs out of the 22. That just kills us. And um, yeah, that let us down tonight. Quinn, just your own perspective on that final scrum. I mean, everyone's going to remember the game for that now from a conic perspective. You had the chance. Where do you think it went wrong? I don't know. I have, to be honest, I have to go back and look at that. I was in the middle of that scrum and I had one job there. So... Um, I don't really have a, a wide, wider view of there, but um, 15 v 13, it's probably the obvious option to try and, and play with the spaces, but um, I don't know, I have to go back and look at that. I have to say, just to finish, Quinn, I know people say like it, it undoes the good work of last week if they don't, kind of don't come out tonight and, and get a result or get a performance, but can you even now just start to think about, look, you've probably made a few steps forward with what you did last week and even just scraping the losing bonus point of fighting back in this one. Can you take some positives from that perspective? Yeah, definitely. Um, what, if we scored that try then, it probably would have been a completely different conversation now. So it shows you how, how fine, fine the line is. So um, there's definitely some, some good to take out of that. But like I said to Lad last week, we need to stick on task. And if, if lads go off script or don't stick to, to what we say we're going to do, it, it, that's where the fine line goes. And we came up short, short this week. Um, but like I said, a completely different conversation. If, if, if it's a short little hands to the left and we score a try and we win that game. So, um, yeah, it's heartbreaking, I guess, but we'll, we'll probably take some positive later on in the week. Not tonight.
All right, from the voices uh, in the Connacht press conference to the voice of Neve Briggs, who was here commentating on Live 95 for Limerick Radio, uh, Munster and Ireland legend in her own right, watching a game tonight where her side just came out on top. William was chatting to her straight after the game. Some instant reaction here. An unbelievable game in terms of, I think, Munster probably played the better rugby overall, but Connacht, you know, hung in there for a score or two and, were ne- you know, Munster weren't able to pull away and when you can't pull away, you can't make that possession into points. You're, you're always going to come down to the final wire and I think um, coming off that pitch tonight, I think Connacht will be desperately disappointed that they didn't win it and Munster will be signing a mighty sigh of relief. Yeah, both sides walked off shaking their heads. I think Connacht couldn't believe they hadn't got the job done and Munster couldn't believe they got out of jail. Uh, it really shows in rugby if you're one stroke two scores behind, you've just got to keep going. You've got to keep the pressure on. And did you think that Munster's defence got a little bit sloppy when Conor Murray went off? The organisation maybe went out of it a little bit around the fringes? I think a lot to do too with tiredness. I think Munster had defended for... Huge amount of periods in this game, you know, especially in the first ten minutes and then the last ten, fifteen minutes of the second half. And I think um, they'd already gone down to you know down a player by the time um, Nick McCarthy came on, and and then he gets him in. So I wouldn't just attribute it to Conor Murray. I just think in general it was a lot to do with uh, Connacht's good play and and Mont- I think I, a lot for me, a lot of it had to do with the fact that Kieran Marion had had such a good impact when he came on. I think he sped up the game a huge amount. He was really dangerous in and around the fringes of the rock. He had a couple of half breaks and um, when you have a scrum half like that it, it makes everybody else kind of tighten or pincer in and and then it leaves space elsewhere so um, yeah I think Munster will be sighing a, a mighty sigh of relief coming away out of this you know with a win and Connacht should and will be very disappointed Okay so Alan at the end of his intro just set the tone brilliantly for what matters William there's more to talk about but I feel like there's only one thing I want to talk about right now and it's the last play I mean everything that led up to it was some of the most frantic bizarre the crossfield kick from Jack Hardy when we didn't have an advantage was strange but it was brilliant it was genius and Alton Dillahans beat four defenders I think in, in the 22 and nearly scored try. anyways enough of that the main point is what came after that was a two man extra scrum Alan's kind of highlighted it but your thoughts they just got it wrong. They just decision making was just crazy. Yeah, I was going to say I think they only had five men in the scrum, according to Andy Friend. Is that right? No, I think they might have had seven. They had but more in the thing, but I think what happened was once they decided to truck it up and try to go through the forwards, I, there was a, there was a clear space on the left for two if they went because the, the two monster defenders there didn't really seem to know where to position themselves. One of them had started edging back towards the posts, but I think it was Peter O'Mahony. T- stepped back from the mall, had a look around and started waving his arm and started organising the defensive line because there was nobody else doing it. I feel he had a huge role to play. And by the time that was done, the chance was gone. And Connick were f- around the edges. There was The ball was getting a bit badly handled, slowed down. Kieran Marmion at one stage, I think, had to almost dive on it to hold on to it. And the chance went. It was like Byrne coming through on it. Yeah, yeah you, had, you had to go. You had to back yourselves, get the ball out, get it moving. Munster looked defeated. They looked defeated at that stage. But Connacht didn't squeeze them, didn't put enough pressure on them. And the chance just slipped away like so many had done earlier on in the evening. Bizarre game. Very similar to the game in Belfast last week. Ulster 15-3 ahead. Couldn't get further ahead. Munster clung on. Got it to 15-10 and then camped in the Ulster 22. Um, and they didn't get the job done. They got the same as, as Connacht got. They got a bonus point. 
book. A dodgy bonus point from a forward pass, but let's not even go there. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but that was a chance. And it was a chance. And look, it doesn't matter. You see, it doesn't matter if, if the fi- if this final score that's up on the scoreboard is Connacht 17, Munster 16. It doesn't have written beside it steal or anything else. It's just the points. It would have been a steal. There's no question. Even though Connacht had, had eight visits to the 22. But the reason why it would still be a steal is because Munster lorded over them on all of those eight visits and just like had the masterful domination. Do you know what it reminded me of, Alan? You watch a bit of it. I watch a bit of it. It's a good time of year to talk about it. American football. It was like, wasn't it? It was your one year yard out to, to win the game. And you do see regularly in American football defensive teams figure out a way to stop it. Probably more than it happened in rugby. It felt like that. It felt like, just throw the ball, quarterback. And instead they tried to run through the middle yeah, it's it's why would you take on the opposition in their strongest where they're strongest when you've got an advantage where they're not quite as strong? Um, and I have to say, I didn't quite understand why Paul Boyle picked the ball up and ran with it. If they were and down, he had a brilliant introduction. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Like he he brilliant. But again, there's his decision. Why did he pick the ball and run it? Wanted to keep the ball in the scrum for a no. second. Well, no, you wanted to marmion. It was either keep the ball in the scrum and drive them over if they're down main in the scrum, or you give to the back straight away. One or the other, not the the back row. A lot of success with that against Benetton and the. This isn't Benetton. This is Munster. You know. I just want to make the point that he had a lot of success about uh, that in the last few weeks. So I just wonder if that's why he was going through his head and has he learned a harsh lesson? Possibly because he was he was excellent when he came on. He gave huge amount of go forward ball. Sean Masterton was having a good game with Paul Boyle's at the moment on a different level he's a year if not two years older and you do feel like Masters in the, on the same trajectory which kind of brings me to a point I mean how long many years when like when does a team grow up but at the same time it did feel like maybe maybe just maybe this Christmas period maybe next year we'll be like oh we learnt a lot last Christmas because I feel like if you take the second half against Ulster Alan you yeah well what I want to say is that that's four games in a row now we could have we did win one of them against Leinster, and we could have won the other three. I know Bristol. Bristol? Yes, if you take really, if you take, I'm with Bundy, you on the old deal. If you take Bundy not making the silly mistake he makes at the start of the second half, we had held on to them, and were we were in that game at the start of the second half, and it felt as though we had a real good chance to win that game. And obviously Ulster, if you make the right decisions around the wind and and, and all that kind of stuff, and then you're obviously looking at Rasking and. Uh, and this one as games that definitely could have won. Racing would have been a steal as well, but like the team we're talking about here tonight have built an entire reputation over 25, 30 years of being the team that steals victories. That's what they do. They win games like this. Absolutely. They're the past masters at it, and it's a great skill to have. We don't have it, William Davis. No, no, we don't, because we don't don't get it done. The, The Racing game came down maybe to a penalty that didn't get kicked far enough into the 22 to get a drive-in mall going. Small things like that. But I think tonight was a little bit worse because they were down to 13 men. Yeah, can, I, can, can I say something? We talk an awful lot on this podcast lately about leadership. Andy Friend went on a long answer about leadership last week where he was you know, praising Quinn Root, but then you start praising the leadership group and you suddenly realise there's a lot of great leaders in this team. And there's been plenty of times when we're saying, Jared Butler, what a leadership performance, tackling, leading the way. And Dave Heffernan, my God, he talks to referee well. See what I'm saying here? What like it, it has to be more than just leadership. What's going wrong there? It's a collective kind of mindset, isn't it? Yeah, I think th- we were asked during the week uh, when we did a podcast with some uh, Bristol Bears. It's it's it's, it's their their fan based podcast. Oh yeah, it's a good podcast. Yeah, you're on that. I missed that. I'm going to listen to that. Well, no, no, it'll be on after tonight's game, so it'll be out tomorrow. Good. Looking forward to it. I was previewing the Bristol game. It's not going to happen. They said an interesting thing. They asked me a question. The question was. Were Connacht too conservative against Bristol? Did they not go for it? Interesting. 
And I think there was a bit of that this evening. They kept trying to do the same thing over and over again. And you're going, okay, we're having a line out. We're 17 metres out of their line. We win the line out. Six phases later, we're five or seven metres outside the 22. We've been dragged into the middle of the field and we've got nowhere. When they had to go for it, and they had to try something. Jack Carty decides, I'm going, to, I'm going to have a crossfield kick. If that had gone wrong, it's all over. It's, it's away. There's no bonus point. There's nothing. But, but the point was, they waited too long maybe to, ha- to actually do that. Now, it's easy to say that in hindsight. But Munster, you've got to read a game when you're playing in it. And I thought Munster had sort of closed up shop. They thought, we've got this game won. We're okay. We've got what we want. We've got our four points. We're just going to play it nice and conservative. We clear the bench. The minute they were put under pressure, they started making silly mistakes. They got two guys sin-binned. You've given yourself a chance, and then you have to get... You, you didn't even make a play off the last play because they didn't have to make a last-ditch no, tackle. And I'm glad that you've moved it on because, look, we could we could finish this podcast talking about that final, and I think people will be yeah, fine. Yeah, but I, There's so much more to this. It's a part of a go for it. Yeah, well, you, you, you asked the question, how come the leadership... I actually think the leadership's getting better because they are learning. I do too. But I'm just wondering why, the, why that goes wrong. But if you look at the fact that, as, as you said, we didn't get close enough to the corner in the game against Rasting, we did twice tonight. Twice tonight, the ball went exactly where it needed to go to put them under pressure to get us into the into position that Jack kicked, you know, very very close to the thing and, and even in the first half he kicked ones that went where they needed to go uh, I think we are learning what's happening is that we don't have the experience of being in a situation where you're being beaten up for a whole game that's a game we normally losing. lose by 25 yes, absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. and what I'm saying is we are learning every week and we're getting closer every week because we're getting better yeah. every week and this is, and remember yes Munster are past masters of this, but it took them a long time to get to where they are Which is and by the way they deserve to win. They did deserve to win, and, and that's the point, but still frustrating because, oh, look, there's been plenty of times we've deserved to win and haven't beaten them, and then we don't win the ones we don't. You just don't beat Munster unless everything goes right. But I, I'll kind of steer things towards conclusion because we've heard some great voices and we've done our best to make sense of this. What interests me, William, is I felt there was a storm brewing, quite literally, here at this venue uh, two weeks ago. And even allowing for the, I'm nearly going to say, mess that that last attack was. That's the best way, the most critical way I can say. I think this would be a really, really successful reaction to the Ulster result. We've lost to a really good side tonight who figure things out. And we've got five points away to Leinster we don't normally get. That's six points from two games. I'll take it. Yeah, I think there had to be a reaction to Ulster because Ulster was poor. Um, Leinster was an excellent performance against the Leinster side that we played against. Um, I think Leinster showed their true colours a bit last night when they when they upped their team and they played. But I think there's still a feeling that you, a steal tonight, you get your four points. They've been very honest about it. They they did say, and this is Connacht saying this, not us, net last week means nothing if we don't win tonight. And that was their bottom line position on where this game rates. And they can talk about the last few minutes, and I'm sure they will, but deep down they're going to feel that was one that got away and we, we really had to win it. So, yes, there is, there is a bit of progress there. I think there, there's a progress in 
determination and keeping going because I have seen Connacht down tools in games like this in the past and I, I fully I, fu- I, I think fully the buy six, into that yeah, the 68 minute to the to the 80 minute inclusive of the what the mess that that final attack was is why I feel a bit better if the game had gone a different direction from the 68 minute and they lost 20 points to 3 I'd be feeling a lot lot worse uh, you want to finish that point yeah yeah we, we, you would do and, and, and maybe you know maybe that's what should have happened maybe you know that's what Munster probably thought but I sometimes wonder. I remember watching a game in Belfast a number, a long number of Christmases ago, where Ulster stopped playing at sixty minutes, and Connacht just didn't pick up on this. They really didn't see that Ulster yeah, had run out of energy and run out of everything. I was commentating with you. Yeah, I remember and tonight, they maybe didn't see that that Munster were actually trying to close this game down, and that's when I think they should have opened it up a little bit. They just went a bit late. And that's where Jack Hardy was coming from. Uh, with that crossfield kick to Alton Galan, yeah. which almost gave us one of the all-time great moments. It did, it did, and and as I say, I think we're learning. I think, I think they won't be do happy. You feel, do you share my kind of sense that yes. that was a progressive two games and a good reaction to an Ulster disappointment? It will, but unless they win every no, other, I agree. I agree. Win yeah. Every other game that they play in for the rest of the season, possibly apart from Munster away, yeah. they should be able to beat all the other teams playing that type of rugby. Yeah. They've now brought themselves, to me, they've brought themselves up another level, but now they have to start winning. Agreed. From where we were against the Scarlets, and I know there's loads of excuses, but it was a bad defeat. And the Benetton game, I actually think, was a bad game, really. It was a mess. But, 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 if if they do follow it up, that's the point. I, I think I think otherwise, I think we'll even look back at this one and say, look, that was part of a, of a bigger issue. I just get the feeling, though, yeah, I think there's more to come from this side. And now, before we finish the podcast, and we will, will we have a podcast during the week just to make sense of what's happening? So what are we going to do? Yes, well, yes, yeah. yeah, we will. We may have to, we may take a break if there's no games for a few weeks, but we definitely will have one during the week. Yeah. That We are here with no European rugby next week. No European rugby next week, no European rugby the following week. Uh, Six Nations supposed to be starting four weeks today. A uh, new competition coming in April called the Rainbow Cup in don't South Africa. There. Don't go there. Um, you covered it well now in the midweek, but like I, see. I, I, I just think, look, it's we knew this was probably going to happen at some stage. I think it's come at them in waves. They're going to have to be agile, make the right decisions. Maybe I, I honestly think they will have to turn back on the decision to finalise this top uh, Pro 14 on March the 27th. It, it no longer makes any sense because I can't see the uh, competition involving the South African team starting. So keep your domestic tournament going. Get as many games played in it. And none of these teams will really want two weeks with no rugby. The international teams won't want them to have no rugby because they have to then bring them into a camp and get them ready for the Six Nations. But the Six Nations might move. It's just so hard to call. Andy Friend said it there, I think, in the press conference this evening, um, maybe in the section after after you were talking to him, that really they're operating day to day and they need some stability and they need somebody to make some decisions and tell them what they're doing because it's... it's could even it's, be games shoved in. There's three weeks with no games. We might get some games shoved in here and that's... no. Yeah, no. There's, a, there's a potential. And if you want to do it, why not play... As I understand it, we're not supposed to go to Belfast and we're not supposed to have Leinster come here. So why not keep the games within the island and try to get to get those games played and, and leave the Welsh teams and the Scottish, Scottish teams? It's, I wouldn't like to be the person having to make the decisions, but I think they have to... I've kept saying it all season, my word is they have to be agile. They have to accept what was the plan last week might not be the plan next week. I was liking the fact that we were only going to play Leinster once this season. I was kind of happy with how that all turned out, to be honest. Uh, no, why not? Why not finish the Interpros? Yeah, you're right. 
just just finished it didn't let let the pro for like let's let's that's wait. a separate competition absolutely just just finished will that work pros. though why not it will it not just feel like a friendly no uh, I, I, I don't think I, oh, I know what you're saying but we've watched Munster Munster played here in pre-season and that was different than yeah, this game yeah, 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 you yeah. know what I'm saying don't you? Uh, well look yeah, it ha- if it doesn't have yeah, any sorry, relation to the Pro 14 before, you're talking three weeks before Ireland playing in the I Six know, Nations assuming it's there they are not going to be friendlies I know I know I'm just saying I, I if it's not part of the competition it just doesn't feel right to me I, I think you could make it part of the competition I think you'd have to for it to be competition. the other thing is uh, I've said this before I'll say it again there needs to be an interprovincial championship within the Pro 14. I, More trophies for us. Lovely. Uh, all right, well, I, th- I, I think actually one of the proponents of this is Johnny Sexton, so he's obviously come on to my uh, way of thinking. Uh, and just play the, play out a little ter- play out and have a points table based on what and a trophy for it. And a trophy for it. And call it interprovincial. And it doesn't, it's not going to take away from the Pro 14 or the Pro, even the Pro 16. These games mean more... You wouldn't know it from the flipping changes some of the teams make for it. Well, I think that's because the game's at Christmas. Do you, if, yeah, if, well, I'd love to see that change. You know, from three to two is my point. Yeah, there's a possibility of that. But I think, look, they've got to be blunt. Television love them. And the fans, when they can come, love them. You've got to remember that. This is the time for you buy a present of three tickets to Connacht Games as a Christmas present. I mean, look, tonight... Again, no fans. It's we're getting used to it, uh, but it's I'm still. Not. It's like it's like <laughs> seriously, it's junior cup rugby because Bundyaki is basically basically shouting at the guys at, uh, out in the field, and the guys down the down the line from him are shouting back at Bundyaki, but they're kind of shouting at their own players, and we're up here behind shouting out into the pitch, and they're shouting. Back. It's just a ju- it really is a junior rugby atmosphere. I'm sorry, that's what no, it is. Absolutely, no, I couldn't yeah. couldn't agree more. It's, junior it's, rugby is great, by the way. It really is missing the fans. I think I, I've. I'm not sure I'll use the little inserts I did because William was commentating tonight so I was left on my own on the, on the clan stand on my own which made it even worse Played some lonely music in there yeah I might well I'll tell you what I will be playing I'll be playing some of the music that are recorded from the playlist beforehand oh my god it's becoming more bizarre every week it really is like this is meant to be music to get the guys going and I'm going I'm going to fall asleep here but anyway, it's yeah, we're missing the fans. We need them back. Yeah, we're not even going to bother with rants here because that's our rant. That's it. Thanks, folks. And for anyone who doubted about the music being played in the warm-up, this is Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. And it's followed by Savage Love. And now we have Dance Monkey. What sort of playlist is this? Ah, come on now. Justin Bieber. That's that's just pushing it now, that is. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until... 